श्रीला गुरुदेव की जय श्रीमन महाप्रभु की जय श्री गिरिराज महाराज की जय श्री श्री जगन्नाथ बलादेव सुभाद्रे की जय श्री रात यात्रा की जय हरिनाम संकीर्तन की जय गौर भक्त वृंद की जय गौर प्रमाण so good morning to all of you pranam welcome um we are continue with our series of morning lecture i think this is the last one in the morning mm-hmm. yes. last morning lecture when we are inviting all of you to present questions and whatever you may have we will try to address and i know that dayalnitai has a question for today so we'll first we'll invite him to present his point and then we will if we have time we continue with some other question for sure i wanted to ask about the inner dialogue of the sadhaka and his mindset because it's different from being only a dharmic person and try to do the duties without enjoying and without controlling and yeah i feel that for me there is need to adjust how i'm interpreting the events that are happening on an everyday basis in this uh, from this perspective from this identity mm-hmm. how i'm talking to myself how i'm yeah this psychological aspect of the sadhaka mm-hmm. okay so i kind of repeat the question a little bit in case the distance was did not allow for everyone else to hear Dalnitai's question basically in brief words his question is how to like uh, yeah how to properly engage in inner dialogue uh, with ourselves <coughs> as a sadhaka so what what does it mean to be a sadhaka to begin with and and, and how to Yeah, to think as sadhakas, to live as sadhakas, to deal with our daily issues as sadhakas, and, and, and which are the practical inner implications of that, and so on. So, important question, <laughs> because as we're speaking today, uh, while coming here with Alnida, uh, sometimes the idea of sadhaka is not too much. present in the life of a sadhaka <laughs> which sounds a little bit ironic but sometimes that happens we are sadhakas but we do not know we are sadhakas so because of not knowing who we are we cannot be that thing that we are or we should be and sometimes there is this dichotomy that you feel yourself i'm a devotee but the idea of being a devotee is not really properly defined yet so we have our own idea of what does it mean to be a devotee uh, and, and that idea may not be close to the idea of being a sadhaka well to be a devotee in one sense it's a very generic notion yet as we spoke the other day the goal of life is love of god yes but that's still a very abstract notion which type of love which type of god <laughs> so the same thing i'm a devotee Yes, but there are so many devotees, levels of devotees, stages of devotion. So, who you are as a devotee, yeah. which stage you are in. So, the idea of 
understanding I'm a sadaka, at least for most of devotees, <laughs> this label, this identity is necessary. Because most of them are in the sadhana stage. To be a sadaka means to be in the sadhana stage. You are a bhavu, you are in bhava, you are, a, as we said the other day, a bhavuka or a bhava bhakta. When you are in prem, you are in premika or a prem bhakta. But that's really upgraded PhD-like states which are not so easy to attain. Sudur Lavas, Rupa Goswami, this is not so easy to attain. It's not impossible and that's eventually the goal, but we only will reach there as much as we are sadhakas and, and learn to be sadhakas and identify ourselves as such. So, <clears throat> and again, this dichotomy maybe here, we may think ourselves of, I don't know, on one side we want to be the goal is to be, to, I don't know, okay, to enter Vrindavan and be a Gopa or Gopi. <laughs> and on the other side, we are here in, in planet Earth with all our human relativities and trying to deal with that and how to fill the gap between the two hmm? as devotees. No? So the idea, the, la the, the label of Sadaka is, is very important and very glorious. Hmm? To be a Sadaka is very glorious. Yesterday, and these days we were speaking about this. Hmm? Yesterday, we were describing Gundicha, Marja, and Lila. We were mentioning how Mahabharata was in garland, garlanding, mm -hmm. garlanding his followers, putting sandalwood paste in their foreheads, like ornamenting them before they were about to engage in cleaning of the heart. Basically, that was the whole meaning of the Gundicha Marjan Lila. Make your heart fit for Vrindavan to manifest there. So Mahabharata said, you are about to get totally messy and enter into all the adjustments and things that have to do with the idea of being a sadaka and I am garlanding you before because you are about to engage in a glorious task. So to be a sadaka to begin with means to identify ourselves as such because we, we have so many layers of identity accompanying us. And I'm not saying these are problematic, but they should be properly integrated in the sadaka project, in the sadaka idea. To be a sadaka should be our topmost priority, above all the other uh, things we have to do. And with this I'm not saying neglect all the other things, but see all the other things in light of the project of being a sadaka. For example, we are I don't know, living simultaneously with so many designations that accompany us, so many upadis, which are, I don't know, I'm a man, I'm a woman, I'm Bulgarian, I'm whatever country I'm from, I'm a father, I'm a mother, I'm a son, at the same time, <laughs> I'm a brother, I'm a sister, I'm a whatever, I work like this, I'm a professional psychologist or whatever may be the case and I have to operate according to those layers I mean if I'm a psychologist I cannot behave as a whatever business uh, counselor because I'm not that I'm a psychologist so I'm supposed to when I have my client in front of me I'm supposed to be a psychologist so I am a psychologist I am have my wife I have to be a husband I have a baby I have to be a father yes Yes, for sure. 
but for all of these designations not to to become problematic for us not to, to really distract us we need to put them in perspective what's the perspective basically again I'm a sadhaka so if I choose to have a family if I should choose to be in the world quote unquote and interact with the world from a particular engage particular whatever professional perspective working at this or that all that is only for me to be whole enough balanced enough so that I can upgrade my sadhakaness if you will my sadhak condition so sadhaka can be translated again as a practitioner as an aspirant, as a student, and of course we can see as a sisya, as a disciple. So we should try to see ourselves in that light, basically. And the question is, how much do I see myself as a sadhaka? Or, or, or which are the main uh, designations that come when I think about myself? And this We have to engage in this type of inner dialogue with ourselves. No? When I think of myself, or each of you think as yourself, what, which list of designations count? Who are you? No? Which, which are the things that you are mostly identified with? Because according to that, you will act in the world. And, and you will obtain a particular fruit. So, for us, Sri Guru gives us Sarakadeha, we are sadhak, it gives us a new identity. You know? And I know this is not just an easy task. Mm -hmm. I, I never want to sound, to make my words sound, this is easy and just press the correct button and everything <laughs> is working. <laughs> no. But this is not impossible either. This is difficult enough. <laughs> As we need to be a challenge. Especially when you are about to embrace a glorious challenge. Some obstacles will come. Being a sadhaka is a, a complex issue because you have to, as we will say, integrate so much complexity. That's a nice definition of transcendence for me. <clears throat> transcendence means integration of complexity. All these designations, all these situations that I have in life, all these duties, all these desires, because generally my duties have to do with the desires I have. The other day I, I read someone wrote in Facebook like, well, it's easy to speak about transcendence when you are living in the forest and you don't have to be concerned about getting to the end of the month and paying your bills and so on. And I felt, no, it's not like that. That's victim consciousness. No? Because, yeah, okay, you may have problems to get to the end of the month and, and pay your bills, and, and you may be see, I'm, and those monastics who live in the forest, it's easy for them to speak about transcendence. Like implying they are in a comfortable zone and we are having all this struggle, like trying to be heroic by playing the victim, actually. Because the point is, if you have to pay the bills till the end of the month, it's because you chose to do that. Because you chose to have a wife, a husband, four kids, and rent a home and have to work. I mean, do not play the victim if you chose all those things. I mean, a monastic may have chosen, I'm not saying better or worse, just, I mean, monastic may say, I will go to the forest 
And that has its own struggles as well. He may not have to be concerned about paying the bills, but he's concerned about some other things that you may not be concerned because you are too concerned with paying the bills. <laughs> and each one has to be identified with whatever they have to be concerned. A monastic may be engaging in ego effacing and deep introspection and, and, and working, and some other person may not be doing that level of struggle. So, so who is better or worse? I mean, I'm not trying to establish that, but my point is we have to be careful of not playing the victim and, and, and we have to properly identify ourselves as what we have with what we have to do so so all of us are sadhakas which means again we are engaged in this exercise of integrating complexity all these layers come on our way you know you are only in the world you have to earn a living you have to work you have a son you have two sons you have 15 sons like Bhakti Notakur <laughs> whatever and, and how to make all this part of the same project how not to leave a like a distracted I mean we are distracted we, we are not able to tie all our different parts of our life with one same unified project and idea and that's so crucial because if not I mean it's not that the work and the wife and, and, and the husband are necessarily distracting and bad sometimes unfortunately even some practitioners of bhakti will express in those terms. Oh, my work, oh, my wife, oh, my husband, oh, my children, oh, oh, oh. And again, that's playing the victim. You are just saying, I have not learned to integrate all that as a sadhaka. That's the only thing you are saying between the lines, even though it sounds something else. You're only showing your lack of capacity or maybe even lack of willingness to do that task. Because again, it's not an easy task, but it's the price you have to pay for having made the choices you made. And yeah, there will be some obstacles in Sanskrit. There is one, I don't remember the Sanskrit exactly, but say that whenever you are about to start some big endeavor, important endeavor, there will be many obstacles. Important, I mean, not materially speaking, but deep, internally speaking, obstacles will come. Material world will offer its... Negative impetus to that. <laughs> and whenever you want to do some nonsense, maybe no obstacles are there. <laughs> that's just easy because it's nonsense. So doesn't need you need you don't need the obstacles to show the glory of that because that's not glorious in itself. And that's why sometimes in India people will say, "Do not worship Krishna." And that's problematic. That will create some obstacles. That there has to do it. Worship Ganesh. Worship Guru Durga. Clean the obstacles, no? and you can do your nonsense without this type of ideas. No, but Krishna the Gita say, "Well, worships me." Okay, <laughs> not like we have to be scared about that. But the point is, this implies another level of of looking at ourselves. So, so being a sadhaka means again to integrate complexity. We have all these layers of identity. I'm this, I'm that, I'm that, I'm a husband. But all of this should be subservient to our sadhaka project. Mm-hmm. It's not that my husband designation is about being a sadhaka. And I know this can be hard, but I mean, that's the only way it will work. Try another combination and it's a headache. <laughs> if you put above your sadhaka identity the idea of I'm a whatever, 
I'm entrepreneur. <laughs> I'm like this, I'm like that. Try it. I mean, I think we have tried already enough. So now try the other option, the one that is suggested by Revelation. Try to first be a sadhaka. Try to see yourself in that light. And that's why we need sadhana, I mean, because sadhana takes us into that direction. If, we do, if you don't have sadhana, don't expect to see yourself as a sadhaka, because one thing is tied with the other. The word sadhaka comes from sadhana. <laughs> sadhaka means someone who engages in sadhana, and through that sees himself, herself, in that particular light. I'm this. You start to identify as something. You know, so this whole bhakti process is a process, a process of transmutation of identity, if you will. Because we are coming life after life with so many false senses of self. That's why one of the main, <clears throat> main definitions of bhakti, we have the, the official definition of bhakti for us in our the Rupa Nuga lineage given by Rupa Goswami, Nyabilasidas and Nyam and so on. But he's basing his own definition of another more ancient verse from the Pancharatra, which says Sarvo Padi Vinirmoktam Tat Paratuena Nirmalam Rishikina Rishikesa Sivanam Bhakti Ruchate. So this verse defines Bhakti and begins saying Sarva Upadi Vinirmoktam. Sarva Upadi Vinirmoktam. So upadi, again, as I mentioned, is, in brief words, designation, like labelings, no? like I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. But none of them constitute a permanent situation. So that's why they are problematic. While you identify yourself as a sadhaka, that's not a problem because you are supposed to be that for eternity. Of course, in Nityanavadu, we find what my Guru Maharaj calls sadhaka siddha bhumi. The land with siddhas are playing the role of sadhakas. So somehow you will remain a sadhaka for eternity there. Although a perfected one is called siddha, not sadhaka. But in Nityanavati they operate in that role. So we are to be sadhakas forever in one sense. So that's why being a sadhaka is not a problem. Because you are supposed to be that forever. A practitioner forever. A student forever. But you won't be the father of your children forever. Next life they may have another father, mother, you may be their sons, you never know what will happen. You won't have your same husband and wife forever. I mean, that's not, it doesn't work like that. Maybe in the present lifetime, sorry, Sakurad, maybe in the present lifetime, uh, we may be considerably attached to that and we may not think about that. <clears throat> but we in theory know, it's not that I'm having married with my husband or wife doing anadi time forever. He's my anadi husband, my anadi wife, I never had another wife. I try to play out these ideas. If you are with your wife and say, actually, you are my wife now, but I have so many other wives in so many other lifetimes. Too. It will be like, mm. But it's, it's true, and vice versa. And I've been wife, and I've been husband, and I've been... So we need to, uh, not to be cold-hearted and, 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 and something like that, but just to maintain everything in <clears throat> in the context of the bigger picture. Because if not, we get like overtly, extremely like over-identified with one particular frame of the movie, and we lose sight of, of what be, be behind that, after that, and so on. So that's what we call illusion, basically. Illusion means like you become obsessed with one like particular frame of a movie that has no beginning and no end. <laughs> And you insist that only this specific frame has to be a reality forever. 
And the sages will laugh at that. And will cry for you also. <laughs> so Sarva Upadi Vinir Muktam means this idea of Upadi means designation. And Sarva Upadi means all designation. What to do with all designations? In the context of Bhakti, Vinir Muktam. <laughs> so Muktam means get free from. <clears throat> Nir Muktam means get totally free from. And Vinir Muktam means be ultra mega RT maximum <laughs> get free from. <laughs> Interestingly, no, because you can say Sarvopadi Muktam. No, not enough. Sarvopadi Nir Muktam. Not enough. Sarvopadi Vinir Muktam. Like to imply, as Mahaprabhu said yesterday, you claim the whole Gundicha, let's clean it again. I said, no, but it's already Moktam, very clean. Nir Moktam. Let's go for Binir Moktam. Not even a speck of dust has to remain there. So again, we have to understand <clears throat> when Shastra says Bhakti has to do with being totally free from false designation, it's not that you will go to your wife and say, I'm not your husband anymore. No? And I cannot be affectionate to my children because actually I'm not their father from the bigger picture. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm saying... While, while engaging in those roles, do them in the context, understanding the only purpose of being a husband and a wife is this will help me to be a better sadhaka. Period. If you do, I mean, you can choose to do something else, no problem, but if you do choose to do something else, that identification will, will be your entanglement. And that's what Brahma is saying to Krishna. In the Bhagavatam, in the famous prayers, no? he's saying, as long as someone does not become your devotee, which means what we are speaking, what's the specific three examples he gives? He gives, your, your attachments will remain there, their attachment will remain there, like the, their foot shackles, you say? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Their feelings towards their, I don't remember the three, he gives three levels no, of, of Symbology. No? Their, their family ties will be... Again, but all of this, as long as you do not mm, identify yourself as a devotee, which implies I mean, those things are not necessarily a problem. In other words, if you identify as a devotee, if you identify as a sadhaka, in other words, all those same things that are a shackle and a dark well... <laughs> And a, and a hole full of snakes. <laughs> All these like extremely illustrative analogies given in Shastra. <laughs> they become something else, something more. No, they don't. Be, they do not become a problem, but they actually even can facilitate. They can even facilitate. I'm looking for the verse here. Uh, one second. Hmm. 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 I can't remember the name, number. Hmm. Hmm. What to do? It's not coming. <laughs> okay, it's not coming. So. Ah, oh, there it is. 
So this is verse 36 from 14 chapter of 10th canto. So Brahma is saying, Tabat ragadayas tenas tabat karagriham griham tavan mohon vinigado jabat krishna natejana. My dear Krishna, until people become your devotees, their material attachments and desires remain thieves. Their homes remain prisons, and their affectionate feelings for their family members remain foot shackled. So this three point. No? Your attachments are like thieves. They are stealing away your time, your energy, your focus, and your sobriety. <laughs> your home is a prison while it has the potential to be an ashram. <laughs> and your family ties or affectionate feelings became foot shackles. You became trapped. Again, but everything, the context is until people become your devotees. So we have to bear that point to put everything in context because we can misuse this idea and say, all of you are in the dark well of material life and your house is a prison. All of you Grihasta guys are falling down. And only we, the internal devotees living in the ashram, wearing saffron, are the delivered ones. Ram is not saying that. <laughs> Ram is saying <laughs> he knows he knows <laughs> if you study the life of Brahma you will realize he has experience so he's a quite productive Brihasta <laughs> so the point is as long as you we can say play out in other way as long as you become a devotee as long as you identify as a sadhaka your, your your attachments will free you because sadhaka will be attached to being a sadhaka, will be attached to sadhana, will be attached to kari. So there are no thieves. I mean, there are the, con the, con the opposite of thieves. They will give you so much wealth. Mm -hmm. And your house won't be a prison anymore, it will be a, a shelter, an ashram. And your affectionate feelings for your family members will be not like, how to say, foot shackles. I will be like an axe to axe, you say, mm -hmm. to cut the foot shackle. Mm -hmm. so it, 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 it's not a problem if you are affectionate to your family. The problem is again when you are doing out out of context. When you lose sight, I'm a sadak. Why lose sight? Why I'm having a family? So, being a sadak means to to always this, keep this in mind. Of course, the levels of being a sadak. You can be just day one newcomer sadhaka and you can be in a sadhaka in the stage of asakti which say okay that's a pretty advanced one still a sadhaka so there are levels of being a sadhaka for, for most of us it's important to develop this sense of identity how we see ourselves that requires take your time to meditate on this how do i see myself how do i see myself do, do not wrongly conclude i need to see myself as a so many things and even if you tell me I need to see myself as a man, as a Bulgarian, as a psychologist, okay. Of course, on one level you need, of course, because you cannot operate. If, not. if you don't see yourself as a psychologist, again, you have your client in front of you and you're like, I'm a sadhaka. <laughs> so you operate as a psychologist, but you, you won't say to your client, on top of this I'm a sadhaka, but you have to say to yourself, on top of this I'm a sadhaka. I'm being a psychologist because this is nourishing my my sadaka project. Because by being a psychologist, I earn a livelihood. I maintain my family. I'm balanced in this world, and on that or horizontal development, 
I can project myself to vertical development. I can be a sadhaka. So sadhaka is all about integrating complexity, integrating all these elements that are not yet integrated. That's another way of speaking about suffering. We, when we are suffering, you, you should feel this is showing me, these things that makes me suffer represents non-integrated complexity. This is a complexity that has not yet been integrated into the sadhaka equation. That's why it's making me suffer, suffering. But this same thing, by properly integrated, is nourishing my sadhaka project, my identity as a sadhaka. So that's it. But again, sadhana is required for that. If you don't take the time for engaging in sadhana, it means you don't take the time of being a sadhaka. And, 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 and I know many cases of devotees who start to have been distracted or have problems and start to... What it means be distracted? It means I start to identify myself with so many things apart from being a sadhaka. And generally that goes by, by hand by hand with I stop engaging in sadhana. Generally when devotees are like... Hmm, a little bit with some cloud above their heads. I'm not precisely Ganesham Krishna, who is like a dark cloud, another <laughs> cloud. <laughs> and they are like discouraged and all this type of narrative. And my immediate question is, how is your sadhana going on? And I will say like 99.9% of the replies, not very good. Well, like the other day, one devotee friend told me, Maharaj, I would like to serve you in some way. Please tell me what I can do for you. <laughs> My question was, how is your sadhana going on? Well, not very well. <laughs> okay, there you have my answer to your question. <laughs> because if not, we, we can, even in the name of serving, I'm not saying that person was trying to cheat me at all, but sometimes we can cheat ourselves. Like, what can I give to you? And maybe I can give you some money and some stuff. And, but if that is acting as a way of trying to do away with my lack of sadhana, I, I don't care for your money or for anything. I mean, I go and do your sadhana. That's the best thing you can do for you to begin with. No. Do not ask me what I can do for, for me. What you can do for you first. Because if you are not doing your thing for you, you won't be able to do anything too much for other ones. <laughs> I just said to Guru, what can I do for you, Guru Dev? I will tell you, how is your sadhana? Terrible. So, I mean, Go and engage in sadhana, and then we can speak further. <laughs> that, that's real thing, because if not, we, we, we are doing things for others in spiritual circles, but without substance, so how much that belongs to a spiritual circle, actually? How much is that not becoming an evasive mechanism? When I try to cover up for my lack of sadhana and just like offer other things in a more superficial way, and again, we have to begin somewhere, and we are not condemned by that, but we will be inspired to, to go deeper. And again, when I'm saying engaging in sadhana, I'm not saying you have to be a superhero in sadhana and chant 300 lakhs per day or whatever, no? but, but understanding the, the connection between these things. No? I mean, okay, I... I, I, I because sometimes devotees go from one extreme to the other. You know, they will be like, okay, I am in the temple, and now I will surrender everything. We hear the story over and over and over again. And it's okay, it's not the problem. I mean, it's part of being a, a newcomer, basically. <laughs> you reject everything, and you don't speak with your parents anymore, 
or you speak with them and you just try to convert them to go the Vedanta from one day to the other. <laughs> this is like brutish type of, not British, but brutish <laughs> type of no, expressions. No, you want the whole world to chant Hare Krishna, you are just like, I will go out and transform the whole neighborhood and it won't work like that, just in case. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and then at one point you became so much fanatic and evasive that you say, oh no, 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 I've done so much wrong here, go to the extreme. But then you say, do the same mistake again, you jump to the other extreme now. <laughs> No, no, I realize I need to pay attention to myself and to my emotions and to what I need and I neglected this, I was too much superficial. So you go to sometimes the other extreme <laughs> and sometimes maybe that's necessary and the pendulum goes here and then goes here and hopefully then goes here <laughs> and remains in the, in the middle path. Because to be a sadhak actually means to thread the middle path. Sadaka means doesn't mean to be an extreme like zealot and fanatic and, and fundamentalist and jump from one extreme to the other and, and now I want to be a human because I neglected that part and you neglect your sadhana altogether and became totally degraded in the name of paying attention to yourself. I mean, that's not yourself either. No? So, <laughs> so the, the, child, the real challenge is to be a mature middle path person. It's, again, that's not so easy. It's easier to run to from one extreme to the other, black and white, black and white. But to find the gray in between, we need guidance. So we need to work under some guidance. But that's the challenge, to be a sadhaka. That, that, that should be our, our main identity, basically. When I woke up, I should remind to myself, I'm a sadhaka. And that's why ideally, hopefully, if possible, one should do one sadhana in the morning, at least one part of them. Because... That puts in context the whole rest of the day. You woke up, ideally the first, first thing you do, Jai Mahaprabhu Ki Jai. As I always say, the very first thing you do in the morning somehow speaks for who you think you are along the day. <laughs> how you open your day, how you close your day. So if you tell me the first thing I do when I wake up is checking my cell phone and WhatsApp and the same thing I do before going to bed, okay... That speaks for who you are, with all respect. Instead of offering pranam to your Guru and Krishna, before checking your cell phone at least. <laughs> no? So we have to, to, to put in place the things. There are details, but all of this put together create a whole sense of identity. No? The first thing I do in the morning is checking, I start take myself and start doing nonsense and, and just like... Uh, rolling, how say, scrolling down in Instagram and see the pictures of whoever knows what. And after half an hour, okay, I'll try to turn my rounds. <laughs> you will turn your rounds with that half an hour of scrolling down in Instagram in your head, like this totally distracting. So, I mean, it takes some discipline and some intelligence to understand how to be a sadhaka, how to feel myself a sadhaka, how to take seriously the project. It's a gift that has been received. So it's a whole sense of identity that will replace who we think we are in a very healthy way. Because again, we are still humans and so much relativity is there. So just to think yourself, I'm a gopi or I'm a gopa may be too much. <laughs> because in one sense, most of us are not there. Tom the Woods may not even have a clear affinity in one direction or another. So it's no problem. But we, have, we can begin with 
Vinasadaka, which has to do with Gorlila and Dasya. All of us will have Dasya and Gorlila. We'll be a servant. We'll be a Sadaka for eternity there. And we can begin there now, here. If you say Maras, I don't, I don't know if have a, what affinity I may eventually have, Sakya, Madhuri, or whatever. No problem. Dasya. That should be your affinity today, right now, <laughs> as a sadhaka, as a disciple, as a servant of the Vaishnava. That's who you can be now. And as much as you embrace that properly, the other thing will come naturally. My Guru will say that. You want to know your Siddha Deha? First, know what to do with your sadhaka Deha. You want to, do, to know which is your eternal identity in Gulag Vrindavan? First, you have to, to properly understand which is your identity now. In Mahaprabhu's Lila, if you will, on earth, we are being part of the extension of that. So, <clears throat> so again, we, we have to engage in the other duties in the world, but not to the point of losing sight of this is in the context of being a sadhaka. It's not that I'm a father for fatherhood's sake, no? it's not that I'm a psychologist for psychologist's sake. These are upadis. Like it or not. If you don't like what I'm saying, it means you are attached to that. With all respect. If I say, psychology is not an eternal reality for you, if you feel like, well, I feel offended. No, you are over-identified with your job. That's the point. I'm not saying that's happening, but that can happen. If I tell you your relationship with your husband and wife is not eternal, as husband and wife, I mean, that's your problem, not mine, with all respect. But you can relate with your husband and wife eternally in the context of we are sadhakas. And we are getting along and we love each other in the concept of being sadhakas. And in that sense, your relation is eternal. You are projecting yourself into eternity in the service of, of your generally common guru. And, and So in that sense, yeah, there is a place for eternality in those relationships, but only as much as you see yourself <laughs> in the light of being sadhakas. If you take that out and only want to be husband and wife for eternity without being a sadhaka, there is no place for that in Vaikuntha. <laughs> And, it's, and we should understand why. So if you really love your wife and your husband as your children, and you would like to be with them forever, that will only happen in the context of being sadhakas. <laughs> we are not against that. That's the point. There is a place for that, but those things should be in place for you having a place for that. There is a place for that, but there should be a place for being a sadhaka here. If not, there is no place for that there. So, so that's a very user-friendly notion. No? Because, I don't know, compare that to Advaita Vedanta, for example. <laughs> they will tell you there's nobody there, basically. <laughs> Your sense of individuality is not there. What to speak of relationships and this and that? Nothing. Make all that disappear. Neti neti from tip to toe. Um, Brahman is the only thing. Everything else is totally illusory. So Bhakti presents a very much more accessible, a user-friendly perspective in relation to who we are here now, as individuals, as humans, and engaging in so many things that can be, how do you say in English, dovetailed in the context of the Bhakti project. This dovetailing is very important. But as we mentioned the other day also, how much capacity will I have to integrate complexity? How much capacity will I have to make everything part of my sadhaka project? 
that will depend as much as I engage in sadhana. How much I can engage in Sangha Siddha Bhakti, that will depend on how much I am engaging in Sarup Siddha Bhakti. Remember the term? Sangha Siddha Bhakti means to connect everything with Bhakti. But that will depend how much I engage in those activities that are directly, inherently Bhakti, which means engage in Sadhana Bhakti. So, again, some ideas, maybe something else can be said, or I don't know if Dulal, uh, Dayal, or any other has some follow-up question regarding the point before going to other questions if they are of course Omkar. I kind of had a follow-up just to uh, if you can remember what lecture series would you would have discussed because I remember you discussed this point oh. around this point somewhere oh. else maybe the the etiquette series maybe maybe many of them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also remember we we kind of focus on that considerably course in Vaishnava etiquette we did spend some time here and there but also I remember in last Kartik we made a series of lectures on something we call divine imperfect which was connected with the Damodar Lila and we were starting okay Damodar Lila Krishna and Vrindavan so much vulnerability so-called imperfection where God is crying running from stealing so and we say well we will be able to deal with all this so-called imperfection in the Lila as much as we deal with our own imperfection outside the Lila. <laughs> so there we start to, to go in, in considerable depth on what does it mean to be a sadhaka and integrate complexity and, and, and learn to accept and recognize our that side and try to integrate that as sadhaka. Maybe with different terms but the same point is being emphasized from so many different angles. Yesterday was similarly while speaking on Gundicha Marjan Lila was in connection with that. But I think you mean refer to that series. We call that divine imperfect something like the theological implications of Damodar Lila or something like that. It's there in online. So so yeah. I also had a <clears throat> kinda like a follow up question. Mm-hmm. And I kinda have an idea of it. Uh, or I do, I can explain it to myself, but maybe you could elaborate a little bit. Like Kishore told me, Kishore Krishna told me last winter that I bought this like a surfboard for the boogie board, Gurmash really likes, and I said, he said, I said, I'm going to just leave it here, but, but it's mine, nobody can use it, even Gurmash. And, and, and then... Interesting. <laughs> and then uh, Kishore said, uh, Kishore just laughed. I mean, he said that, you said that? No, I said that. You say that. I, I told that to Kishore. That's mine, nobody yeah, can use it. Yeah, kind of jokingly. Ah, okay. And then Kishore... Good that you clarify. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> and then, then, uh, then Kishore Krishna said, ah, haha, he laughed and he said, you, you don't even own your, your own body. Or you, it all belongs to Guru Maharaj. Mm-hmm. And at that time I really had a hard time understanding it. Now I have a better understanding, but it's still sort of like grinds me a little bit so I okay. <laughs> you want some further grinding? Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, it's gone. A little more more grinding. <laughs> yeah, that's a hard pill to swallow, I, I know. I mean not only for Omkar but for every single living entity. Because imagine, I mean someone is telling you what you think you are, you are not that what you think it belongs to you, it doesn't belong to you, you don't belong to yourself even. <laughs> and we, I mean, we may say so many things from 
mouth out, but from mouth in, I mean, we, we may act out in a different way. So we say, no, everything belongs to Krishna, but in practice, it's my body. It's my, how do you say, boogie board? <laughs> it's my whatever, even, no? It's my, this piece of cloth, it's mine. My t-shirt, it's my t-shirt. And nobody else can claim it's yours. You cannot put your signature below or something. But actually, the idea of sadaka, of course, is tied with this concept of sadaka deha, like you, you know, that is bestowed in the moment of diksha. Sri Guru bestows. Again, you say, but the body is the same. It's not a new body, but the conception and the and the and the. Some scars that are start to spiritualize and affect my previous body, if you will, make for a new body now. A new name is there, a new sense of identity is there. I mean, it's not a joke, it's not just, oh, I got a fancy Sanskrit name now. So uh, I'm, I'm so relieved because I hated the name my mother put me, my secular name. So now, no, I, I've seen that. No? I've seen even like guru giving names sometimes. They said, we'll say, I don't like that name. Can you give me another one? I said, like, okay. <laughs> so the point is, we are we are we are receiving a whole sense, new sense of identity, and that sense of identity is in the context of this is not mine. I mean, I belong to someone else. The whole idea of material identity means I'm independent, and so many things belong to me, and I'm the center, and this belongs to me. It's my, it's my, it's but sadhakadeha. That, that notion is forbidden, basically. Because you have to understand, as a sadhaka, this body is not mine. Not like my Guru Mahesh will say. Prabhupada will say to us, you are not this body, and now I say to you, you are this body. Of course, not contradicting Prabhupada, but saying he was meaning something on one level. You are not this the material body. When he said, you are not this body, what did he mean by this? This means this particular conception you have about your body <laughs> in material terms. But he's saying, but you are this body when he, he referred to sadhakadeha. You are to identify with that body. In the context of being a sadhaka, in the sense, you are to take care of that. You may need to do exercise, some physical body, you may to sometimes have some visit Mahaprabhu or dial Nitai. You may, you may need some therapy, psychic body. No. You may have diabetes, some physical body, and you may have depression in your psychic body. Two, two different forms of unhealthy condition that need to be addressed. No. And do not tell me, please, the solution is just chant Hare Krishna and be happy. No. I mean, if you have the capacity of that chanting, okay, no problem. You will be happy even with diabetes <laughs> and depression. <laughs> That may be there on some level, you are not identifying with that. But generally speaking, between chant Hare Krishna, be happy, there is a parenthesis with so many considerations. Yeah. You have to have as a sadhaka. Chant Hare Krishna, be happy. And between, you need this, you need this, you need this. You may need a fancy car, you know, or more than one. <laughs> but the point is, no problem. But I need that to be, again, a balanced sadhaka, a balanced practitioner. So my car is facilitating my bhakti, not being an obstruction to that. And maybe as sannyasi won't need a car or two cars, 
but may need, I don't know, a kamandalu <laughs> or a coping <laughs> to be balanced enough or something else also. And it's okay. As much as they are taking care of their sadaka deha. Of course, we can make an excuse of this and oh, I'm taking just care of my sadaka deha and you are just really engaging in excess. No, and, and, and that's a lot of one's own sincerity because you can tell me, Maharaj, I need this recreation in order to be a balanced sadhaka. And we can make it, I mean, with that you can create a whole eternal like, excuse. No, no, no I, what are you doing? No, no, I'm just being a balanced sadhaka. What are you doing during the brothel? I'm just a balanced sadhaka. I need to <laughs> attend my different necessities. And, and that may not be the real answer. No? So the point is, there is a limit to that also. No? It's not that just overindulging in this and that is... It, it can be... The, you, you can look at yourself. The yardstick is how much this is distracting me from my goal. Or how much this is nourishing my my focus on my goal. How much I'm being distracted from being a sad, the sense of being a sadaka, Or how much this idea is being reinforcing me. You have to do your own analysis, inner analysis, and not compare to others, again. Because you may not need whatever, something, and the other may need that. It's not that oh, he's fallen because he needs what I do not need. No, because you need some other things the other one may not need. So it's not about comparison. It's about what I need in the present stage so I can be a good, again, overall whole sadhaka. So... But yeah, that's a strong notion because being a sadhaka means basically I belong to my guru. He gave me this new sense of identity. So he gave me this identity. What I will do with this identity, that's in service to him, to her. It's not my identity. It's not like... That's how we think in material terms. No, Someone gives you a gift and you think, okay, this is mine now. Oh, someone gives you a gift. Someone is giving you. You are not. It's not. It was not yours. But when the gift is in your hands, you say, "Oh, now it's mine." But this criteria does not apply to transcendental gifts. No, that's not the nature of trans- the guru. Gives you sadaka deha. Oh, now it's mine. And I can do with this whatever I like and have my own sense of I, me, mine. No, it does more like this. When Krishna gives you mercy. It's not that. Oh, now it's my mercy. No, it's still his mercy. <laughs> Always. <laughs> and the same, Sarakadeha is a gift, but which doesn't belong to you. That's paradoxical, but it's like this. That's one of the gifts that you cannot own. As much as you can try to own that, that stops being a Sarakadeha. That becomes again ordinary conception of body, self. So be careful with being a Sadaka and Anasa Sadaka trying to do the opposite of that in the name of Venus. <laughs> that doesn't work like that. So when you understand, no, I received this sadhaka identity as a gift from Sri Guru, I'm to honor that reality, that conception. I'm to serve. I'm to honor my sadhaka deha because it's not my. <laughs> I use the word my just as a way of having to express the idea. My Guru gave me this gift. This sense, new sense of identity, it does not belong to me because the very sense of identity of being a sadhaka is, I do not belong to myself. But I, the question is, who I belong to? It's not so much what does belong to me. 
that's nonsense or sadhaka. Well, does belong to me. I mean, who I belong to? <laughs> I always tell this story. Once one devotee, he told me the story when he went to visit. He, he had the chance of having personal association and darshan with, with Srila Bhaktarakshaksi and Dev Goswami Maharaj. So he told me the first time I went to visit him in Sri Chaitanya Sarasvatma, this was in the 80s, uh, he entered the room and he <clears throat> fell on Dandavat to his feet. You know, he, he reached that historical place that all of us were seeing in videos and hearing this like veranda. So finally he was there at the feet of such a... Hmm? Paramahansa saintly personality with all these like expectations and well, how it will be the exchange and I will ask this question and whatever no? certain fixed ideas <laughs> so he entered there and fell on Dandavat and to the feet of Pujapachila Siddhar Maharaj and, and immediately after waking up from the Dandavat he looked at Siddhar Maharaj Siddhar Maharaj said what does belong to you? I was, I mean, there was no good morning, what's your name, how are you, what, what, what's yours, what does belong to you? Uh, and the devotee was like shocked, or like, he was not like expecting that, welcome. <laughs> so he was for a moment, and he was in front of Srila Siddhar Maharaj, so even if you have some idea in mind, you say, he's testing me, what I'm supposed to say here, like, he was like, thinking, overwhelmed, without saying a word, basically. <laughs> So Shilasimara insisted, what does belong to you? And you know Shilasimara, how he expressed himself, no? so he would say, like, what does belong to you? The devotee was like... So Shilasimara said, close your eyes. I will give you the answer your, your, myself. Close your eyes. Or you yourself will give the answer to yourself. I will just help you. Close your eyes. So he closed his eyes. Like, so what are you seeing now? I see nothing, he said. That's what belongs to you. <laughs> now you can open your eyes. <laughs> that means your eyes are open. You yourself give yourself that. Nothing belongs to me. Now we are ready to speak about some other topics. Basically, If you want to have the darshan of someone like him, first you have to have a very clear mind. This idea. That's the, the filter. A filter. Then we come B, C, D, E. First filter A. Nothing belongs to me. Okay, you can go to the sadhu and have darshan. <laughs> no. Because if you go with this notion, so many things belong to me, I belong to me, you may even think the sadhu belongs to me, or who knows, which nonsense. So, so he, he perceived something, the devotee told me that. No, I felt that he saw this in me, so he wanted, I mean Krishna, illuminated him and acted through him and wanted to show me, first, put this, have this in place. You do not belong to yourself. Your sadhakadeha is a gift you can never own. And that shouldn't be a problem. That's the point. If we feel that like, ah, that's like a bitter arrow piercing my heart, we should understand that's not the real thing. That's my ego screaming only. And again, not like to demonize anything, but to objectively analyze what's going on in this moment. Emotionally, I feel pierced by hundred arrows when Maharaj is saying in the class, nothing belongs to you, <laughs> but you have also to be intelligent and objective, understand. No. Maharaj is not an enemy. <laughs> really, I'm trying to be a friend. <laughs> trying to be friends also means, like Siddhartha Maharaj, no? he said to this devotee, nothing belongs to you, and you may say, oh, why is he attacking me in that way? And actually, if you understand, say, 
he's extending his well-wishing in the most generous way. But how much we want to embrace that? I mean, if we are intelligent and we have been blessed, and we have been blessed, and that makes us intelligent <laughs> enough to understand, yeah, that's what I need. Even though there is some part in me that says, ah, it's pinching. But again, our intelligence says, and yeah, and it's necessary. That's healthy. We are being taken out of the comfort zone. I mean, you cannot learn anything in the comfort zone, strictly speaking. You will only have, I mean, insights outside of the comfort zone. Realizations come outside of the comfort zone. Not inside. Inside, everything is like dizzy. Like being in a perpetual sauna or something. Like, when you're like, <laughs> with higher, more higher than normal temperature even than that of the sauna. <laughs> And just be like, oh, okay. <laughs> but out of the comfort zone, is get out of the sauna and enter into the lake in Finland. Like, ooh. <laughs> Cold is like uncomfortable, generally. I remember reading one article from one lady once she was speaking about winter. How she liked winter so much. Because winter... It's taking me out, taking me out of the comfort zone. The cold is uncomfortable. Warm weather, spring, summer. Oh, that's so user friendly in one sense to my sense. But winter is like, oh, so she was making the parallel internally. It's helping me to go out of my comfort zone. This like, but that should be a problem. So, Kishore was your well wisher in that moment. <laughs> so it's, it's nice to at least see that no? I mean one can acknowledge that this is hurting me this is pain, painful but it's not because the person is an enemy or what he or she said was actually painful but I am feeling that as such I am processing that as and again I'm not speaking here to Ankur who presented his I, I appreciate his courage of embarrassing himself in, in, for, for our upliftment that is uplifting himself simultaneously. But that happens to all of us on a daily basis of one way or another. So, so yeah, being a sadhaka is a great, a great task, a great, a great challenge when we are invited to, yeah, to, 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 to surrender, basically. To give our identity to our masters, to our well-wishers, and and to be fully happy doing that, that's the point. I mean, if you are not fully happy doing that, nobody will force you to do that. It has to be your own conclusion. Hmm? I want to do that. I need to do, to do this. This is the best possible thing I can do. Hmm? To surrender my sense of false proprietorship. Again, Atmani Vedana. One of the items of Saranagati is Atmani Vedana. Hmm? Atmani Vedana means this point. Hmm? Atma means soul but also atma means body means mind all these designations can be identified with the word atma so atma nivedana means i'm surrendering my soul to guru krishna but also my sense my body my mind which implies all the false ideas i have about myself regarding body mind i'm putting them aside and surrendering all this into the proper sense i do not belong to myself my mind is not mine. My body is no, not mine. Fortunately. 
no longer. No, this body belongs to Sri Guru. Oh, he's, she's taking care of that. So I have to honor that reality. That's a very nice, committed, this very committed notion. And I know that commitment is sometimes like a little bit scary. <laughs> but imagine that someone like your Guru, I think that we spoke about that in the Vaishnava ticket series. Sadaka Deha means your Guru is giving you a gift that does not belong to you but belongs to him and he's taking he's telling you please take care of this mm-hmm. and the gift is coming from the person you love try to imagine the person you love the most is coming and telling please take care of this you will take care of that more than if that than something that actually belongs to you even though nothing belongs to you <laughs> but try to follow my analogy you have you think you have some things and you take care of them but it's the person you love the most Please take care of that. You will pay more attention to that even. So that's the reality of our sadhaka It's not our sadhaka It's Sri Guru's gift to us. And he say, okay, take care of that. So on a daily basis, it's a very... It's like a totally different orientation to how we see ourselves. It's not a, okay, not like some people in this world. It is my body, so I do with my body what I want. Well, <laughs> we will disagree. <laughs> It's not your body. So you cannot do whatever you want. It belongs to your topmost well-wisher. So how much you love that person, you will show that in how you treat your body, basically. In one of the many ways, of course. Because again, you can offer to your guru so many things, I love you, I love you, but if you are doing nonsense with your own sadhaka that speaks how much you are taking care of your guru's gift. <laughs> so... And again, this shouldn't be a psychological pressure, oh, Maharaj is forcing me to, but this should be like natural conclusion. I mean, if someone is, loves me and I know that it's my top most well-wisher, I naturally want to reciprocate. And one of the ways is, I will take care of that special gift that person gave to me. I mean, let's begin home. Let's begin with what I already have here instead of asking what I can do, give me service, what else I can do if, if you still are not doing all that you can with your sadhaka let's stop asking that question and let's concentrate on what's all the things I can do with my sadhaka in the best possible way. How can I take care of this? And again, this is not just physical. Consider sadhaka means physical, subtle, and all this engaged, integrated in the project of being a sadhaka. That's too glorious. <laughs> so we should feel really blessed. I mean, I can be a sadhaka. Wow. But it's not a cheap thing, not only thing. I'm already a sadhaka in every sense of the term. As much as you engage, as if you are a sadhaka, with all that it implies, we have tried to unpack that today a little bit. Yeah, we are sadhaka. And when you do that perfectly, you enter sadhaka siddhavumi, nityanavadi. You will remain a sadhaka, but a perfected sadhaka there. In the service of Srimad Mahaprabhu. Yes, Shakti Shakti. And just in this connection, what you were talking about, uh, the story with Shashidr uh, Maharaj mm. and the uh, instruction he gave, um, I wondered because uh, once uh, Shantu Maharaj, I have told you once, uh, he had given me like instruction that you're not this body, you're like he was keeping repeating mm-hmm, to mm-hmm, me, mm-hmm. not not even this body belongs to you, your soul just belongs to Krishna. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, so you have to 
give everything to him. And he was keeping like repeating this like maybe ten or fifteen times, okay. one after the other, like looking like again and like very strong. He needed to pound the post. <laughs> so, and then I felt that's it. I have to surrender. Mm. It, it has been said so clearly. Mm. And then for two days I was feeling only like with this thought. No, now I have to every single thing that I have to surrender. But then. With the time, no, it goes down. I mean, it's like... So, how is the way, like, you receive such a blessing, mm. but then you actually... Ah, and he also gave this... I give you my blessing to always to give all your life to your Guru Maharaj. Uh -huh. But then, I mean, it's super blessing and everything, but then it feels like you're not taking advantage because I mean this is like they give you in a second like the top uh, most uh, mm -hmm. and then you like you cannot jump there uh -huh. it feels like you're losing this blessing I mean it will be with you how to uh, take advantage of such kind of blessing I just yeah wonder. yeah yeah I get the point I mean the blessing is still there you don't lose the blessing unless of course if one engages in <coughs> heavy apparat or things like this but if not the blessings of the saints are there with us but the point is what you said how much I'm doing to take advantage of that because blessing doesn't mean I don't have to do anything uh, as we always speak blessing means costless mercy costless mercy doesn't mean I don't have to do anything it means I do not deserve that thing coming from above but I'm expected to do something to properly host the blessing we are to be good hosts of, of grace grace is coming to us but how we are developing our hosting capacity if you will <laughs> so a saint may give a, a blessing like the one you received that's still there waiting for Bhakti Shakti <laughs> if you will <laughs> and the point is but also, yes, not, not to tra get traumatized, but generally, generally, the, I mean, there may be exceptions to the rule, but generally those blessings will take some time to, for us to properly digest them because someone may be speaking from such a high platform and extending his, her well-wishing to us, but it necessarily doesn't mean that we are there immediately. But the process is started, if you will. Now the blessing is there, and I mean, it's remained with you till now, so somehow it's still there. And I'm not saying it never hap nothing happened with that, but again, to really, in every sense of the term, realize we are not this material body and what we are, and surrender our life to Sri Guru. I mean, that may take some time. <laughs> so we need to understand that how the blessings of the sadhus play out. It's not necessarily in one shot and everything is there and you play sometimes that may happen also you, you, so many ways it can happen and each case is unique you know how much you are hosting them but I, I will say that sadhu gives a bless for example guru is giving diksha hmm? diksha kale bhakta kare atmas marpanasi kare krishna kare atmat kare atmasam sechitani charitamrita says Diksha kale bhaktakare atma samarpana. Krishna said, in the moment of diksha, when the disciple makes of oneself a full offering, when the disciple offers his own self fully to Krishna, 
and the verse continues, but you will stop there and say, what? So it says, in the moment of Diksha, when the disciple, remember that? Yeah. <laughs> makes a full offering of himself. Atma sama arpana. Arpana means offering. Sama arpana means full offering of one's atma. That means diksha. So you start to wonder, did I receive diksha or not then? Because I don't feel that I have given myself from tip to toe in the most comprehensive way yet. So how much diksha is there or not? So the conclusion, of course, is diksha is a process. Diksha is not something that happens one day. Of course, it happens one day in the form of Guru is giving the mantra, you know, and you receive that mantra that day. It's not that you will be receiving the mantra every single day, <laughs> but what you are receiving from the Guru, that particular sound, what you will do with that, um, that's whole process. How to deal with, with mantra, if you will. It's not that, again, Guru gives you Harinam. It's not that you say Hare Krishna and you are there in Golak Vrindavan and say chant Hare Krishna and be happy and say still not still not working. Yeah, it's working, but I mean it's a process. But the ble- the, the blessing is there, the seed, if you will, is there. Brahmanda Brahmiti Kona Bhagavan Jiva Guru Krishna Prasadipai Bhakti Lata Beach. Bhakti Lata Beach has been I'll say soon soon one particular moment in time. But again, the whole process of fructification of the seed into a little sprout and to a vine and to the leaves and to flowers and to eventually the fruits of friends. <laughs> That's a whole journey that may take lifetimes. So again, the blessings of the sadhus are there in our life from who knows, even previous lifetimes. But yeah, it is up to us to to take them seriously and try to incorporate them so it's not to think oh, I got distracted the, he, that moment became diluted in my life maybe probably but it's, it doesn't mean it totally disappeared it's always there waiting for us to go back and take shelter and every time embrace more and more and more to things and in time you may realize as Sila Prabhupada say whatever the, the Guru says to you even one word in one letter has so many layers of meaning so maybe the, sometimes the sadhu may have said to you some other thing, let's say, not something so overtly like a blessing, like something, whatever. And you like pay attention and hear that and think, okay, thank you so much, this is very important and I took the instruction. But in time you realize, oh, there are so many layers to that instruction. I thought I understood that and I thought that was a blessing on this level, but now I realize they had another meaning, and it's a blessing, but a real blessing on this new level. There was another level of blessing that I was not perceiving in day one. And in day two you feel that, but on day three you will see something. <laughs> so, so the point is those blessings are there, and, and one can always go back to them. Like as I always say, when I ask my, my Guru Maharaj, what, what can I do to please you the most? And he told me, try to increase your commitment with the, with the ideal. That was the end of the message. So I felt, okay, I have to read these lines every single day of my life forever, and, and there will be always new meaning there. There's a whole portal there, a whole blessing. <laughs> and we can go back there again and again and again, so with our implications of that. So the same with with what you experience. You know? there, there are so many layers of meaning, and we are to discover one, all of them one after the other, 
by engaging in, in sadhana. No? It's not just that the sadhu says, surrender to your guru and, and you are already surrendered. Right? But the sadhu is giving the supporting and saying, yes, that's to be done. I mean, the words of the sadhu, what does it mean a blessing? No? Because sometimes we have a little like, like naive idea of blessing. Like the sadhu says, surrender to your guru. And that means I don't need to surrender. I'm already surrendered because he said that I, I have to be, I want to be surrendered. No, he's with those words that are empowered, of course, and are coming from someone who is surrendered, that will have a particular impact in me. So I feel a special inspiration to surrender. <laughs> it doesn't mean that he surrendered for me. I mean, he already he surrendered. So he said that I don't need to do it myself. No, his a particular current of empowerment is coming to me from a surrendered person. To inspire me in a particular way to take up the path of surrender. That was means sadhu sangha. That one means to have a guru. It's not that they are doing your part. You have to do your part. But from those persons, you are receiving such an impetus, such an empowerment that without that, you may not feel the. I don't, know, I don't want to change. I don't want to. You know. Oh, you get closer to a sadhu. You you start to feel. Oh, I want. You start to identify. I want to be. Like him, like her, or whatever. So again, those words are still there. So <laughs> it's up to us what what we what we do with that and how much we. And it's nice to feel okay. These sadhus are blessing me. I'm counting with those undeserved blessings. That instruction remains in my mind, in my heart, some way. So I will take up, the, take the necessary steps to make those words come true if you will if the sadhu wishes that in my life it's my commitment to make his her wish a reality basically that's our commitment if the sadhu says I want you to become a pure devotee immediately I'm committed to become a pure devotee because they want that <laughs> and I want to honor the visions of the sadhu the sadhu seeing my potential in a very generous way please become this okay in his service I I'm becoming a pure devotee. <laughs> yeah. But their grace, of course, because they were the one who injected in us this prospect and vision. So we are, have to do our part again. Some effort has to be there, but the grace is there in beginning, middle, and end. So. so again, yeah, we are to look for blessing from the sadhus, but then we are to do something with those blessings. It's not that you receive a blessing and then you go five minutes after, can you give me another blessing? <laughs> no. that that's, doesn't work like that no. I mean you, you receive a blessing and you have a deep work to do there no? deep considerations if not you receive a blessing you'll go back can you give me another blessing so I don't have to do the things that I have to do in connection to the, your first blessing <laughs> no, it doesn't work like that no? I already gave you a blessing no? so many times this happened no? <laughs> Like I say, sometimes joking, you pray to Krishna, give me mercy, and Krishna sends some mercy, and you end up running and escaping from that mercy and praying to Krishna, protect me, Krishna, from this. And you say, no, that's my mercy. No, give me mercy. You won't give me mercy to counteract my previous mercy? <laughs> no, give me a blessing so I don't have to follow your first blessing. No, so, no, this type of thing. So, sometimes we do that even. No, it's embarrassing that we may relate to the guru still or sadhus and that exploitative level. They bless you and you say, okay, uh, can you give me another blessing? Because that doesn't sound some blessing. And he said, that's a real... When you are asking in the second time, that's not blessing I'm giving the year. 
So that that's the price of getting closer to a sadhu. No? You don't have to go to them with, with an idealized idea of what does it mean to be blessed. Because if you have that so clearly sorted out, then why the hell you are going to a sadhu? Basically, go to a sadhu. You mean I don't have a clear idea what does it mean to be blessed, and I need blessings. So if you go to a sadhu, say, please, can you give me this specific blessing to me that I already figure out this is the best possible thing I need in my life? The sadhu will say, you, it seems you are your own sadhu. You know everything. So, Yes. Okay, we have, I mean, we are already in time, but we can reply one more, maybe briefly. Um, what happens when one loses confidence that can apply these blessings in oneself? And, and I mean, somehow I lost confidence in myself mm -hmm. to practice the process. Mm -hmm. right? Before, I was engaged, I was mm -hmm. sadhana, everything, and now I feel like I don't have the confidence in me Mm -hmm. and to receive this and apply and mm -hmm. like in my sight I feel mm -hmm. like in this life I cannot attain no perfection but even medium level you know mm -hmm. I feel like it's not confident like mm -hmm. confident. Mm -hmm. okay so welcome to the club <laughs> You're not alone in that, so many are joining your, your your words here. So yeah, that can happen, but the point is, that means, I mean, we are weak and we are really small, and it's, it's, it, on one side it's good to feel, I mean, I'm nobody, and what can I do in relation to such a goal, That, but that's only part of the picture. If you only see that, <laughs> uh, that's a trick, another form of the ego actually, that is tricking you and, and, and you remain like in the center, like oh, I cannot do it, I'm so, oh, I, can't, oh, I know, I, and I understand that one may feel like that because of whatever reason, but we have to bear in mind this is not the only thing that is taking place at the moment, I may not have confidence in myself, but at the same time, I mean it's good that you are not feeling overconfident, like, I'm so incredible that I cannot do everything for me, I don't need all these shadows and I will really reach me. It's not like that. But it's not like the other extreme also, like say, I cannot, I cannot. And he says, yeah, you cannot. <laughs> but the shadows can. And of course you have to do something. But you have to understand, whatever I, at present I feel, I cannot, I cannot, by proper association, by proper connection with sadhus, I will receive some hope. I can. By their grace, I can. By their grace, I can. It's not that I can by my own self. And it's not they will do it, the whole thing. They will empower me. They will tell tell me, Karuna, you can. You can do it. <laughs> they will tell me that because that's true. That's true. And I know it's difficult to to deal with that if one has gone to some difficult situations, as I know some of you, some of us have gone through, are going through, will continue going through, <laughs> because the situation may change, but challenges keep coming. But we can, we can. I mean, we, we, we had, you yourselves told that 
you had an experience in the past that you were able to do that. So we have some point of reference. It's not that never in my life I did that. And of course, when you did that, it was not only you yourself. There was some support there that was allowing you to do that. So but now I feel like this is cut because I don't have a guru. Okay. So you have to see how to fix that whole situation. We were speaking about that yesterday. I mean, it's, in one sense, it's good that you feel that. In other words, I mean, it's good that you understand without the connection with Guru, I feel that I, I, I'm losing strength. So actually what you are understanding is, it's not my strength. It's the strength that I received from the South. So that's a good insight. <laughs> I mean, that's very important. I mean, that's really foundational. You are really, al although it may be like heavy and strong, you feel, oh my God, it's, but you understand, yes. I mean, without that connection, I'm nowhere. <laughs> but at the same time, we shouldn't feel like discouraged. I'm feeling, I don't know, Krishna has left me behind and I will be bereft of that connection for, for the rest of my life because I don't think that's going on. I mean, Krishna's, even, even if, I was speaking about that recently, even if at some point, whoever, uh, I'm saying one particular, one may have had a guru and that person for whatever reason stopped operating as such. And you may feel, I don't have a guru anymore. No, we shouldn't feel like this. Because even if for some moment, that particular agent who was acting as a guru in my life, his, her service became interrupted for whatever reason. If I want to sincerely surrender to Krishna and practice bhakti, I mean, the parampara is not leaving me behind. Krishna still is there with me. Krishna is in our heart and Krishna is the Adi Guru. He's the first member of our parampara. So he's the original guru. For one moment the agent became distracted or whatever, it's not there operating. But it doesn't mean that Krishna became distracted, is no longer operating. He's Krishna. I mean, he's omniscient. He knows which are our innermost desires. So he's making all the arrangements for us to find some other sadhus in our lives and continue the process. And meanwhile, we are continuing the process. It's not that I'm nowhere at all. It, mean, it doesn't mean that you will tell me, Omar, all this week that I've been here in these programs were meaningless because I don't have a guru. I don't think you felt that. I think you felt... There were some nice experiences. So that means Krishna is there. <laughs> and that means Guru is there, even though the particular f form of my, the agent has not fully revealed in my life now. And we have to have patience, have confidence. That's, that's in process. My Guru Maharaj will, used to give this nice example that I like to share also. He says that the example of someone who is a, se a seller, seller? Mm -hmm. Sales, salesman, sales lady, <laughs> who will come to your house. Maybe nowadays that's not working anymore. If everything through Amazon, and you know that better than me. <laughs> it works through Amazon. So you, someone knocks your door. Oh, I'm offering you this, whatever. Give me some product to, to sell. You say something. No, no, nothing. Insurance. Insurance. Okay. So I, I offer one insurance service for you. So I say, okay, sounds nice, good price. So you you have just to to sell here, to sign here, and you have it. So okay, 
But I cannot just give to you now the proof that you have it because I have to I don't know, show it to other people. Maybe the insurance example is not the best. Let me use another vacuum one. Vacuum cleaner. Yes. What? Vacuum cleaner. Okay. Vacuum cleaner. That thing is the example that he uses. That's a more... Sorry, but it's an analogy. So there requires some elements to be in place. The offering is vacuum cleaner. Hmm? So, you like it? Yeah, I like it. How much? Okay. This is the money. Okay, but I cannot give you the vacuum cleaner because I have to show to the other customers next to your house. But tomorrow, vacuum cleaner will come to your house. Okay? So you trust in the representative of the agency. No? Bear in mind the analogy. No? But next day, no vacuum cleaner, just vacuum. <laughs> so we we'll wait one more day just in case. No vacuum cleaner. The vacuum gets more and more vacuum-like. <laughs> so what you will do, you will call the agency. I say, you know what? I mean, some representative of your agency came to my house in your name and basically offered something, but a bit, and I gave myself to that, but it was the person was not up to, to what I gave. So now, what to do? There's some vacuum. There's some vacuum here. Some emptiness in my life. So how to fill that? So the agency will say, oh, sorry, we were not aware that our so-called, our agent who may have behaved properly all this time, at this point became distracted and disappeared with, took your energy and didn't properly reciprocate. So uh, we are so embarrassed. Sorry, we will make all the arrangements for you to have your vacuum cleaner immediately. So, and some 10 minutes after that, or maybe a little bit more. <laughs> it, it may be taking more than 10 minutes, but we have to wait. Krishna has his own 10 minutes. So someone knocks the door and the agency has sent their best salesman, the best one, very loving and charming. He's coming with two vacuum cleaners, oh, wow. two, to compensate the, the lacking, the anxiety, the situation. He's bringing some cookies and some bonbons, all this stuff, extra, extra added feature. Not only, so at the end you are having more than you were expected to have. Yeah, there was some anxiety in between. But the whole agency responded properly. You give them some time and understand they will reciprocate even in the best possible way. So that's the analogy. You know? In the same way, one, one Biasti representative of the Samasti Guru agency may have been distracted for whatever reason. But if you have given yourself, if you have paid, if you will, for the vacuum cleaning, Try trust, invested your faith there. So the agency is not blind. Hmm? will say, Swarup Shakti is not blind. So they are taking our case in consideration and they are making all the arrangements for us to receive an upgraded version, if you will. So to, we continue progressing. But we have to also make our part, which is, I want to continue. <laughs> it's not just the agency, the agency, but what about me? So... Warren sincere, I would like to continue practicing, I would like to engage in bhakti. We have to have full trust and confidence about the well-wishing and mercy of Krishna. And we have to be open to, to see how he's making those new arrangements, no? not be also like over-idealizing how that should be happening, because it may happen differently of what we are thinking. But if we are, I will say, if we are really honest, 
about continuing with our practice, no matter how traumatic experience we have had in the past. If we are really honest and if we are really attentive and honest, we will perceive Krishna is making an, an arrangement. It may not come from one day to another. Everything is there in place. It's a whole process. And during the process, we have to work with ourselves as well and see certain things we haven't seen in, in the past. But we will perceive, oh, he's, he's making arrangements. I'm being inspired here. He's sending this sadhu. This shelter is coming. So what do I do with those things that are coming? I have to understand. This is Guru, Guru Tattva, Krishna, replying to my need. But I have to do something about that, and gradually all the things will come. One vacuum cleaner, two bonbons, cookies, and all these gifts that we cannot imagine. So, and, and by the grace of all that, we will also recover our own confidence in ourselves. Right? Understanding, yeah, this is possible. There is hope. No, there is hope. <laughs> the current is coming. Still, the grace is touching, knocking on my door. There we have to open the door and allow ourselves to to clean the vacuum, basically. <laughs> That's the vacuum cleaner. No? We have to clean our vacuum and fill with hope. And again, not in just naive way, but concrete, in a concrete way. I'm feeling this is coming this way, this way. So there's good reason to to have hope and to have patience. Meanwhile, the hope is coming and. It's good these two things to be properly combined. Hope, but patience also. I mean, you can have hope, but some things will come installments in time. And Krishna knows why. So better we have to show him whatever he sh has sent now. What do I do with that? I mean, I cannot ask him more if I'm not doing whatever I need to do with whatever, with what already is there. So he's sending already. One boom boom here, this cookie there. On vacuum cleaner over there, <laughs> so the the final whole thing will come in time as much as much as we do what we have to do with what already is there. No? So that would be some advice. So let's keep our abhisar in our love journey <laughs> more and more. So some words we'll finish close today here. So to you today in the. Evening for Rathiyatra celebration. Hare Krishna, Sri Lankadev ki jai, Sri Man Mahaprabhu ki jai, Sri Hari Nam Sankirtan ki jai, Sri Giriraj Maharaj ki jai, Sri Sri Jagannath Baladev Swadhyay ki jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrinda ki jai, Gaur Pramana ki jai.